0: Welcome to this Edge Church podcast. We are a people whose mission is to know Christ, be the church, and serve our community. We pray you are blessed and equipped by this message. I want to start with a scripture from Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. It says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. Our ways are God ordained. My words today are God ordained. I guess I want to set a platform today that none of this is based on human effort, human work, human striving. Our lives, this church, Our relationships, our parenting, it is a work of God in us. I today, please don't look to me and see human words today. I pray that you would see the very hand of God. Why what's what's the significance of this time coming around the preaching of the word? Why why do we come in this space? to share around the Word. I'm passionate today that we wouldn't come into this space with a sense of familiarity. Like this is just a part of the routine that we do. This is just what we do. I wanna challenge you, what are we we wanting to get out of the Word of God today? It's not the words of man, please. What are we wanting to get out of this in this space today? For some of you, I'm praying, the Word of God would be illuminating for you, that the Word of God would help give you a sense of where you are at, that the Word of God would help to frame the thoughts and feelings and emotions that you might be feeling and you might struggle to put words around. Why am I feeling like this? That the Word of God would illuminate where we are and where we are in God. For some of you, the Word today would bring encouragement, It is gonna help bring, give you a sense of courage in a season where things are feeling unsettled and shaken. I'm praying today, maybe the Word brings you a sense of courage. I'm praying today that the Word of God might bring discipline and chastening to us. We don't talk about that very much. Maybe that the Word today would come and cause us to surrender and fully yield our lives back to God, to come back to Him in humility and repentance. And that would be through the Word today. I'm praying again. John puts it best in John 3.30. He says that He must increase and I must decrease. So today, that He would increase. And that we in our fleshly striving would decrease. Amen. In 2011, uh, my wife and I went through a significant process where we bought our first house. And I'm aware in 2023 that that is a process that for some is a real challenge. And I acknowledge that today. And we're so privileged to be able to be in that position. And I, I don't know if those that have bought a house understand the process I was very green to the process. I went through, uh, my wife has the poker face and I have the complete opposite. She's able to walk into a house, not give anything to the agent away, very straight down the line. I walk in like I've never seen a built house in my life and start instantly dreaming about everything that we're gonna do. Ooh. I know that's hard to believe this morning, but that's I'm trying to get my poker face. Oh, look at that. Oh, I've never seen that. And I was getting, like, I was so excited by the weirdest of things. Whoa, look at the height of the ceilings. Whoa. And the agent must just be rubbing his hands, going, This guy, what a, are we going to get this guy? We went through the process, we went through multiple homes. We were lucky we came across the home that. We, we was like, this is this is the one for us. It's not like our dream house. We had to go back two or three times to make sure that we actually really wanted to buy it. It wasn't an amazing house. It was just a house that suited our needs. And I remember we went back, we'd you know, go through the process. I was engaging with people I'd never heard of before, conveyances and brokers and other middlemen that I didn't realise were involved in this process. We're just, you know, we're sort of fumbling our way through. And we'd, I remember we went after the offer had been accepted and we were about to sign all the documents and we went in and there was a wall that needed to come down. It was, It's it was quite a pokey little space and there was the living room and the kitchen separated by this wall and they're both really small spaces and we decided fairly early in the process that there was a wall that needed to come down and then we're signing all the documents. I had a revelation of debt like I'd never seen before. I'm still having that revelation of debt as we keep going. I remember we were just, we, I remember sitting, we went back in the house again and we're like, oh, this wall, it's gonna come down, it's gonna come down. And it came to the day when we were gonna get the keys, get the keys to the house. It was on a Friday. Um, unfortunately, my, my wife and I, we were both working at the stage. The agent had said, look, you need to grab the keys at this time. So we were trying to work out what we did. And I ended up asking my dad if he would go in to collect the keys for us. And so I think he collected the keys in the very late afternoon, uh, maybe around five o'clock in the afternoon. It was a Friday, so my wife and I were involved at youth. So we were going to serve at youth, and then after youth, we were going to come in and, you know, we were going to, you know, I guess walk through the house as owning the house for the first time. We're dreaming about this wall coming down. I'm dreaming about me finally validating years of pent up anger and emotion by getting a sledgehammer and just starting to go at this wall. I'm dreaming about it. I'm like, this is amazing. This is going to be great. So I think we get the keys late afternoon, around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And then we go to youth. I'm getting so excited. I can't wait. We're going to get this house. And uh, my dad had gone and picked up the keys. He says, I'm just going to pop into the house. I'm just going to see what's going on. So he pops into the house and we get the youth finishes and we drive to the house. And as I come to the house, there's music and sound and dust emanating out of the house. And I'm not quite sure what's going on. And I open the door full of romantic dreams. And my dad is standing in the front room and he goes, look, I took the wall down for you. We've had the keys to the house no more than four hours, ladies and gentlemen, and the wall was already down and there was a hole in the floor. And if you know my dad, you'd understand this is fairly standard practice. And all in a moment, those dreams of swinging the sledgehammer just evaporated. But actually, can I say in hindsight, it was the greatest thing ever because it like was a massive job that managed to happen straight away. For us today, there's some walls that need to come down. Today I'm going to speak and I'm going to use a lot of building imagery to be able to help frame, I guess, the process and work of God that God wants to do. And I hope that you can understand and engage through the Word today. The title of this message or the conversation, if you will, is called A Work of Love. I've got the subtitle is The Divine Repair. When Jesus comes into our heart, there is a shift and a change. When we open our heart to Jesus, maybe for the first time, maybe for maybe for the 1000th time, but when we truly come back to him when we come in repentance and humility, there is a shift and there is a change. Jesus, like we're not called to stay the same. Jesus, there is There is a shift that has to take place. It is through His death, burial and resurrection that grace comes to change where I'm at. 2 Corinthians talks about that the old has passed away, therefore the new has come. I wanna today, I guess, unpack this process of the passing away and the new coming. Today, I just wanna talk about the work of God and I wanna frame it through deconstruction and reconstruction. But I wanna help you today by framing this process of deconstruction. It's a deconstruction of my fleshly beliefs. It's a deconstruction of false identity messages that I've carried It's a deconstruction of the things that I thought I knew, but when grace comes, things change. When Jesus comes and moves in and through my life, that process of the old passing away, I understand that's so easy to talk about, yet there is a divine process, a work of love, if you will, that God comes in and He has to start deconstructing some things. I had some walls of false identity. I've had some walls of false understanding about who God is and what it is to serve Him. I had some walls in my heart and my life. And when I opened my heart to Jesus afresh, those walls needed to come down. And I wanna encourage you through this process of the deconstruction and the reconstruction. Today, this message, I guess I've got a scale for us as to where you might sit on the scale. And you've got sort of, at one end, you've got in full-blown deconstruction where there is a vulnerability in this season as you're going before God, maybe walking through a process of discipleship where you're unpacking the things that you thought you knew, but those things have been deconstructed and there is a vulnerability there. Or for some, You've been on that journey and you are now trending towards where God is building in you new, where He is building in you identity messages that are born from Scripture and born from truth, that you understand that we're not working to get to God, but we live as dearly loved children of God and understand that that is a process that, yes, we taught, that the Spirit comes and illuminates that in our heart, but then our minds, wills and emotions has to catch up with that revelation. So I wanna encourage, like you might today, I wanna encourage you, where do you sit in this process? Because we take an active role in the process. Can I say to, to understand what amazing grace is, it takes a revelation, if you will, of how not so amazing we are. I hope you hear that, with the, hear that with the heart that I'm meant to share that with today. I'm not speaking down on you, not at all. But you see, amazing grace requires a humility of spirit that understands that actually, I, whilst I have tried to construct a God of my own image, I realise that He alone is holy and He alone is worthy. When I come in humility and understand that I really need you, God, then when I understand the work of Christ that comes in and brings change, it truly becomes amazing grace. It's not cheap grace. It's not familiar grace. It's not the same, same grace. It's amazing grace that I understand the flaws and weaknesses of my flesh and that process of acknowledging those flaws and weaknesses. It only amplifies His goodness and His mercy and His love. That's why it's a work of love. So I just wanna quickly encourage us about this process of change in the context of a deconstruction. The process of deconstruction is where we come humbly before God, where we fully yield to Him and we allow God to begin to tear down some of those identity messages, that we allow God to come in and shake our lives, shake our personal and corporate cultures And there's in the shaking, there are things that are torn down in deconstruction that then we're allowed to come to God fully yielded and in that vulnerable place. And God then begins to build afresh. And I wanna encourage us today in that process. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 28 says, And it shall come to pass that I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy and bring harm, So I, God speaking, will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. The Bible shows us that God comes, yes, to build us. But there are things that need to be pulled back down again. I can speak from my own personal experience. God's not called me to be some sort of a Frankenstein, like a bolt on kit that just gets, these new revelations just get bolted on, but I end up being this weird sort of Frankenstein of all my experiences and just bolted on there. There are some times where I have to be stripped back before God. There are times when I have to come before Him and He, re, he moulds and shapes me afresh. And there is the pain of newness. Have you, under, have you felt like that in your faith before? where the pain of newness comes. It's such a vulnerable place, but God comes in, in the midst of that vulnerability. That's why it's a work of love. It's all a work of love. Because in deconstruction and in reconstruction, when we fully yield and submit to God, He's in and through it all. He moves and ministers in it all. And I just wanna encourage us today that God would come. If you're feeling like, yeah, wow, you're putting words to what I've been feeling maybe God is beginning to tear some of these things that I used to know down, then I encourage you to let Him continue to move and minister. Because when Jesus comes into our heart, it comes into contrast with our self-life. My self-life was pretty strong. The idols that I chased to numb pain and the idols I chased to help me cope. That force was pretty strong. And when Jesus comes, His grace, it leaves me at a point of contrast where I see the simplicity of walking with Jesus, but the complexity of the idols that I follow and the walls that I've built up. And it's Jesus in His sometimes offensive simplicity that would come. And as I fully yield to Him and through the process, that He would come and minister. I I look at the the life of Jesus at the, uh, the festival of the booths where Jesus stood up and He says, all who are thirsty come to Me and drink. It's like in His offensive simplicity, Jesus stood up in the midst of such religious practice and way. And He stood up and He said, if you're thirsty, come to Me. And in His offensive simplicity, there's a point of contrast. This is the old passing away that I do come to God carrying idols and carrying baggage and carrying burdens. And I come to Jesus. And Jesus empowers me to lay those things at the foot of the cross. That's a process of deconstruction. As I begin to see, I'm like, man, what's happening? Jesus comes in that space of deconstruction. He strips away what I thought I knew. There are those of us in the room and we've grown up possibly part of this church for a long time, serving God for a long time. I think sometimes the older we get, the harder some of these processes are. These are the ruts we can speak about. These easy ruts that we fall into of practice, religious practice, For me, it's ruts of self-effort fueled by a guilt and a shame of if I could only do more for Jesus, then maybe I could be made right in His presence. And that process of letting God come in and deconstruct some of those false messages is painful, but it's worthwhile. Because Jesus, His work is unchanging. His love is never ending. This is a deconstruction of my self-life while God stands unchanging unshaken as I navigate this process. It's about far more than simple human behaviour shifts. I've tried that as well. If only if I stop doing these things, then maybe dot, dot, dot. And I've learned to fully yield to God as He goes into the, the root of where those idols and where that comes from as I allow God to take me back for some that's through counselling for some that's through the work of discipleship in circles as we talk one to another and you know we have people in our world that through the Word can challenge and as we start to unpack those things we don't go back into defensiveness and into self but we just come fully yielded to God in our private space and says God is that a wall that needs to come down Is that something that needs to be deconstructed before you so you can build me up afresh? Um, David models a a posture of divine deconstruction in Psalm 51. Psalm 51 verse one to four, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. As a church, we're right here, trusting God in a deconstruction, feeling the pain of vulnerability and fully trusting and fully yielding to God that He would lead us and guide us forward. Because again, as Jeremiah 10 said at the very start, I know, O Lord, that the ways of man is not in man himself, is led by God. Amen? God's leading us. You okay okay this morning? I love that God isn't a God who just lets his children wander and flounder. He's a God that will come in and move and minister. I have this, just quickly about the process of deconstruction. But what I've discovered in my life is sometimes God will come through faith or He'll come in force. Let me explain. It's a process that we can come to God and we understand in Him in faith. Like we have, I'm convicted through the Holy Spirit. There are some things that need to come down. And it's through that process of conviction and through discipleship as we walk one to another that God would come in and allow those things to begin to deconstruct. That's really a process of faith. But for some, and for me, this is my story, that sometimes God needs to come in force because what happens when i stop listening to the knock of the holy spirit on my heart or what happens when i'm so caught in self life and self effort that i my hearing is dull to the voice of god that is saying stop let me let me help love you and work in and through you what happens when i fail to heed the warning signs well then sometimes things has things have to change And that's a process that's incredibly painful because when things are exposed before God or before others and before God, that's the height of vulnerability. And again, I'll come back to, it is all a work of love. That a loving God wouldn't just let me wander and flounder, but a loving God would help lead me back to Him. We're not called for anyone else but Him, Deuteronomy four twenty four says, for the Lord, your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He's jealous for me. He's jealous for my affection and my attention. And for some, that's through the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. For others, that's through when things become, when things are brought to the light, when things are exposed before Him, because He's desperate for me. He's desperate for my heart before Him. I just have some tips. If you feel like you're in this deconstruction phase, number one, that we would stay rooted in Him through the Word and through prayer. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training. I think we often like to talk about the teaching and the training, but we often tend to sort of walk away from the rebuking and the correcting. But that's how... The Word comes, the Word comes to cut, the Word comes to discipline, the Word comes to chasten and our human emotion wants to run far away from it. Our human emotion wants to go to complaining and whinging and those things of my self-life, yet I just have to come fully yielded to God. Come to Him in the Word, come to Him in truth that His Word is unchanging and unshaken. Number two, that we would keep our hearts pliable through His presence in worship. Because when the work of God, the deconstruction comes, it does leave us feeling vulnerable. Emotionally and spiritually. But we have to be vigilant about protecting our heart. This is Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 17 to 20, about the process of deconstruction and helping in our heart space. Therefore, say thus says the Lord, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you've been scattered. I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, They will remove from it all its detestable things and its abominations. That's a process that we have to let God take some walls down. The things that are an abomination to Him, those things have to be stripped away. But then this is the work of God and I will give them one heart and a new spirit and I will put within them I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh so they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. See, it's a work of love because he comes in that space and it's vulnerable, but he's taking, and he has in me, he's taken a heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of flesh. If you're coming and you're bringing hurt, if you're bringing shame, anger, frustration at processes past. I pray you'd come to God and allow Him to do a work on your heart as the walls are crumbling, walls of self-life and self-effort. When, as those things come down, that you would allow God to minister and move in your heart. For me, it's worship is such a key aspect of this journey to help keep my heart soft before God. I A couple of years ago, walked through a significant deconstruction phase, a significant phase where things were brought to the light and I had to go on a journey of seeing things that I thought I knew be deconstructed. It was an incredibly vulnerable time and worship was something that was... It really impacted me as I, there were days I didn't feel like singing some of these songs. I was at the time, I was working in landscaping. So I had my, you know, my phone with a playlist and it was just the same playlist of about 20 songs. And I just played it over and over and over and over again. And there were days where I definitely did not feel like a worship playlist could have been somewhat more of a heavy metal playlist or something to really get that rage in the process out. Yet there was a worship playlist, and one of these songs that I've found particularly impactful for me. Um, it's a song by an artist called Pat Barrett, and it's called Canvas and Clay. I just want to read some of the lyrics. When I doubt it, Lord, remind me I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. And I know nothing has been wasted, no failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. You make all things work together for my future and for my good. You make all things work together for your glory and your name. I'm not a big crier, but there's days where people are watching me snip in tears Because guess what? I was doubting it. And worship is able to come and empower me to know that I'm wonderfully made. There's no failure or mistake that would keep me separated from the love of God. This process of deconstruction, Jeremiah 18, talks about the potter and the clay. Maybe you're feeling the strain of being that lump of clay that's put back on the wheel. I almost started singing the old Hillsong song, uh, The Potter's Hand. Do you remember that song? Take me, use me, mould me, shape me. I give my life to the potter's hand. Maybe for some, you're feeling the pain today of the deconstruction as your clay that is being put through and then put back on the wheel. I'm praying, stay pliable in worship. Let your hearts be pliable as you let worship in. And the third thing is never navigate deconstruction alone because in the season of vulnerability, it can, our, our human nature wants to shrink back and isolate. Don't do it alone. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Have people, trusted people in your world that you're able to walk this process through. That won't lead you further into self-life, that push you into truth, push you into the word, challenge you in that space. Um, I just say, if you are navigating some of this, I have some books, I'm an English teacher, so I have to come with books to recommend to you. There's a book by Michael Wells called Sidetracked in the Wilderness. Many of us have read that. That is a really powerful text in that space. And another book that has, was very encouraging for me personally in a season of deconstruction is by John Bevere and it's called God, Where Are You? And it was a, my wife and I, we actually read it together chapter by chapter and it was helping put words to how I was feeling in a season of deconstruction. But God, comes this is the part where we've navigated the deconstruction but God comes to rebuild you that God would build us brick by brick stone by stone that there is a rebuilding in God that comes and I want to stir your faith today that if you're feeling a sense of that ruin in your life that you know that our God is a builder that the potter is working the clay on the wheel and he is making something beautiful out of our lives he is a rebuilding God he is a restoring God. The work of grace helps us just as much to know through the deconstruction as in the reconstruction that He deeply loves us. It's a work of love in our life. John, in the book of John, it speaks of the life of Peter. Peter comes at the end. Jesus has, been, has died, has been buried and has resurrected and comes and meets Peter on the beach. For time's sake, I won't read the whole passage, but I call this Peter's second act. Peter has denied Christ and has gone back to what he knew. He's gone back to fishing in what is in his human strength. That's what he knew to do. He just went back. He's like, that's it, I'm done. And Jesus comes and meets him afresh, calls him in on the beach. And there's this powerful part where Peter sees Jesus on the beach afresh and he runs to him afresh. And that for some, if we've navigated those spaces of making mistakes or separating ourselves from God, that when we see Him afresh, we can run back to Him. And Jesus takes Peter and they eat together. And Jesus says, do you love me? And you know, we know the passage for those that understand. Jesus asked Peter three times. And by the end, I think Peter's feeling a bit emotionally torn down. He's like, Lord, you know, I love you. And Jesus comes and He says, so follow me. That's Peter's second act. Because then the next time we see Peter, we see him in the book of Acts, standing in front of a gathering of people in an upper room, sharing about the grace and mercy of God. And we then see Peter, who is a disciple that goes out to start and to build the church. There's a second act for you today. If you're coming into this space and you've never heard this message and even through the work of God, your life, you see the walls are being deconstructed. As you open your heart to God afresh and you let Him Rebuild and restore that you have a second act, a third act, a fourth act. There is a rebuilding and a restoration in God that He wants to come and do in our lives. Amen. Jeremiah 31 is a text I wanna just base quickly and I'd encourage you. Jeremiah chapter 30 talks about destruction and talks about the tearing down of the people of God as they've turned from Him. And then in Jeremiah 31, there's a shift. At that time, this Jeremiah 31, verse 1 to 14. At that time declares the Lord, I'll be the God of all the clans of Israel and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Amen. There's grace in the wilderness for some today. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Can I encourage you in and through this message? That's the thing that underpins it all. is Jesus comes and says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've navigated even recently, I'll be honest, I was navigating a situation that caused me deep pain. And it was causing grief and all sorts of emotion to flood up. And for me, that was coming out in frustration to God. And I was just so upset, honestly, to God. And it was like a deep frustration. It's not like, yeah, it was, I don't know if you've ever experienced like a deep challenge and deep frustration before God. And I was... Had Again, I'm trying to keep my heart pliable. So I'm in worship. I had worship just on, on the computer as I was sitting in my study and I start having it out with God and I'm like, this. I, I'm being honest before God and in my mind and in my spirit just over and over and over is I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Can I encourage you, if you are coming in and part of that deconstruction involves deep hurt, maybe from others in this room or if you're navigating some of that pain and you're starting to see the hand of God God, I just want to encourage you in it all. He has loved you with an everlasting love. The potter, it's a work of love. Verse 4 Again I will build you, and you shall be built. Again you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The, plant, the planters shall plant and enjoy the fruit. And there will come a day when watchmen will call in the hill country of Ephraim, arise, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob. Raise shouts for the chief of the nations, proclaim, give praise and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. For time, if you read from verse eight through to verse 14 of Jeremiah 31, you'll see God speaks blessing and speaks life over His people. I want to again encourage you, there's life and blessing today in the rebuilding work of God. As we come and let Him minister and move to us, He rebuilds and restores us. Ephesians 2, 13 to 20 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. He might create for himself, in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. When he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, if the worship team want to come and back. As we let the potter reshape, restore and rebuild us personally, we as a family are then able to be built together. And we are built together, not with a brand at its core. We are not reliant on Anything else but Christ Jesus, our cornerstone. Can I encourage you? Can you see Christ as your cornerstone as you navigate things that there are walls that need to come down? Christ is our cornerstone, our foundation. As you navigate the vulnerability of where, of maybe putting words to an unsettling feeling that you're feeling that you would know that Christ Jesus is our cornerstone, that we are being built together. We're being built together, church. And I, you know, we are of different stones, charred by different experiences, yet can we in humility fully yield and fully surrender to God and allow Him to build us together? I I just wanna give you some quick tips on navigating the reconstruction phase. Just quickly, don't shortcut the process. See, rebuilding, I think sometimes we're in such a microwave culture that we want building to just happen like straight away. I remember I can, from my own personal experience, as things were, uh, as the walls came down, as there was a vulnerability there, my default is to just shortcut the process and step straight into self-effort. Um, for me, it, it involves serving. I thought I would just step straight into serving again. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm ready to go. I, that's sort of my personality And I had to fully yield and surrender my personality to God because I'm not the world's most patient person. Parenting has taught me that more than anything. I'm not the world's most patient person. But I had to to trust that the potter, as he's reshaping me, he has a process and he has a time. And I have to yield to that process. Can I encourage you? Don't shortcut it. Don't look for ways to get out. Don't look for ways to jump ahead. Don't look for ways to sort of microwave and speed up this process. There's a process. God has each of our journeys in His mind and it's different in different ways. Don't look to anybody else. Don't compare with anybody else. Fully trust the potter that He's got the plan in place. He is the divine builder that is coming in a work of love. Understand it's, I've loved you with an everlasting love. In the spaces where you're like, come on, hurry up, God. I've loved you with an everlasting love. It's a work of love. But just don't shortcut that process in Him. He knows exactly what we need. Second thing is just to stay in a posture of humility and self, a soft heartedness. After a season of deconstruction and a greater sense and awareness of the patterns and beliefs that have shifted in our lives, we could, yes, we could so easily become judge, jury and executioner for everybody else in our life. Can I say like self-righteousness and judgmentalism? That's something that I've really had to navigate because as we're rebuilt in God, there are, I, it's like I see in a different way, like the lenses have been stripped back and I see God in His goodness and His mercy and there's a simplicity, Right? And then I'm with others on the journey and I could easily see that they are still in maybe a deconstruction phase and self-righteousness, judgmentalism kicks in straight away. And I'm like, well, just that's got to come down. (laughs) Well, that's got to change. And in that moment, it's subtle, right? I've turned away from the work of God and I've leaned into my self-life again. That's why it's a continued work of love because then I have to come back through the Word I have to let it chasten and discipline me. I was reading Matthew 5, 6 and 7 this week that says, why judge the speck in someone's eye when you can't see the plank in your own? I've had a couple of planks in my time. So it's not my place. But stay in a posture that for you, you are still in that desperate need for Jesus. That's how we keep our hearts soft and how we keep ourselves pliable. I know that without Him, I yeah, it's not great. I know that for me. That's why, again, it comes back to when we understand how not so amazing in our self-life we are, it amplifies His amazing grace. It's amazing grace in my heart and life. But stay in that. You've got to fight for that posture of humility. Fight for the soft-heartedness. That's where let worship wash over us and let Him move and minister in and through us. And the third tip is don't lose heart and don't give up. Philippians 1.6 and I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. I just want to encourage you from my own personal experience. There are days when it is deeply dispiriting. When I am faced with my flesh. When I'm faced with things about me that I'm not very proud of. When I'm faced with things that I'm ashamed of when I have days of lament where I before God reflect on my humanness in the light of His goodness. And I just wanna encourage you in those days, don't lose heart, don't give up, don't let go. Understand that he is a potter and we are the clay. And I pray that we would let him continue to minister and move. I just wanna finish with an exhortation from Romans chapter eight, verse 31 to 39. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all these things? in the walls that need to come down, in the vulnerability when the walls have come down, in the reconstruction, reforming, repairing and restoring phase, in it all, it is a work of love. For I have loved you, says the Lord, with an everlasting love. Why don't you stand this morning? I really pray today that the Word, I really pray that it will come and minister in and through you sorry I've gone a little bit over time but I really want to just encourage you today wherever you are in the process just know that he loves you he's with you he's for you can I encourage you if today you're recognizing that there are some things that need to come down can I encourage you to fully yield to him in the process fully surrender to him in the process we're going to respond in worship we're going to sing this song that says make room going to make room for you to do whatever you want to do whatever you want to do and in this moment I pray our response and the power of our response is not in the volume of our worship it's not in our team we don't need to try and work to get to him today we just get to receive from him I just pray in this moment let God move and minister in your heart and life and then you would move and minister in our church let me pray and then we're going to worship mighty God everlasting father prince of peace I pray that You would come in this moment. I pray You would minister and move. God, I pray we fully yield and fully surrender to You in the process. God, I pray that You would shake up the things that need to be shaken up. You would encourage and pull down the things that need to be pulled down that would separate us from a revelation of You and Your grace and Your mercy. And I just pray for a church family that is fully yielded and fully surrendered to God in Your divine process, God. Thank you that you've loved us with an everlasting love. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Find more resources and discover what's next for you at edgechurch.com.